Welcome everybody to our live event tonight with the Brenda Jones. What's up, Hi. Brenda? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Thanks good. for having me. Yeah, of course. You're like famous over there. Um, I mean, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you have a really cool um you have a really cool Facebook page going on. Yeah, my social media is I don't want to say blowing up, but it's it's growing and I'm almost at 1,700 followers, and it was just a week Ooh. ago. I was at 1,600, so I got wow. 100 in the last week. Wow! Um, so that's pretty wow. pretty exciting. Wow! How'd you do that? Do you think? So I just not just, but in December, I hired a social media strategist. So all my videos as of January, the ones with all the fun pizzazz stuff, uh, oh, those yeah. are the ones I've been edited. Yeah, from my social guy. Um, his name is Chris Vasquez. He's on Instagram. I think it's like Chris Cinematic. So anybody who wants to hit him up, feel free. He's based out of Miami. Uh, they've got an awesome studio that I plan on visiting hopefully in April when I go to Fun Launch to do some content. But um, but yeah, but I mean, I did everything by myself starting last April. Yeah. So I've only been using a social media person the last month. That's so, so let's cool. See, yeah, let's see how quickly this shoots up. Yeah. I don't mean to like go all over the place, but since we're already talking about it, <laughs> um, what made you want to get into like taking that dive of hiring a social media person? Yeah, it's a good story. Um, I actually haven't said this on camera yet, but... I went to Vina Jetty's Multify Masterclass back in, yeah. gosh, was it October? That was in Scottsdale. Uh, we stayed at the most amazing hotel. So if you ever go out there, it's called the Scotts Resort. Amazing. Okay. Every inch of this hotel was like an Instagram picture, video, whatever. <laughs> like it was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was watching I, you guys from afar and I was getting super jealous because I wasn't there. It's, it's so nice. Like if you can take some time away, you know, just you and your wife, I think you'd really enjoy it. But um, I met Alexis Morgan there and we were on the bus sitting next to each other on the way to one of the night events, which was to, I can't remember which one, but you know, it was kind of like a Dave and Buster's thing. So yeah, we were sitting there getting to know each other and somehow social media came up and I had mentioned to her you know, yeah, you know, I plan on hiring someone, you know, when like I get bigger, or, like when I need it. Yeah. And she said, why? You know, like anything and everything you're looking for is going to come through social media. And she had shared with me like a lot of her opportunities came from social media. Like she just came back from speaking on stage at a college. And mind you, I think she's 19, 18, 19, 20, like very, very young. I'm double her age. Yeah. So, um, so she said to me, she's like, you look very young, Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, it's the Asian genes. <laughs> much so. Um, but she said to me like, you know, what you're looking for will come through social media. And she said to me, yeah. she's like, I know you can afford it. And I was like, you're right. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know who to hire. And she's like, well, I have a guy. And she gave me his info and I pretty much like texted him the next day, set up a, like a quick meeting. And then I actually got to meet Chris, I think a few weeks later in Austin at the RPM conference, which is yeah. the Raising Private Money Conference with Amy Majori. So I got to meet him in person. And yeah, the rest is history. So, you know, like I said, the videos have just started this month. I'm trying to like constantly video or I'm sorry, film videos for editing. So, right. you know, it, it still takes some time, but I think a hundred in a week is pretty good I that's mean, insane no that's, i think it's that's yeah. insane yeah that's gonna feel really good i mean uh when some when one person follows me i'm like yes <laughs> so, i was the same i mean i still am the same you know and i know they say like followers don't mean everything right but when you're starting out like it, it does definitely mean a lot but you know we want to make sure that like we're putting out quality content and that we're not, you know, to be honest, like when I see some followers, they're, they're like, I think they're fake accounts or random accounts yeah. or they're other social media people who are trying to get me as a client. So they're not all quality follows. Right. right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, One time I had like five VAs that followed me. Right. I was like, exactly. ah, the VAs, they're all trying to get me. 
Right. So I totally, right. totally get what you're saying. But if you get 100 people that follow you, there's at least half of them are like interested in what you're doing and want to work with right. you in the future. So exactly. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Bella Flores asked the question, okay. how much are you paying for your social media strategist? Yes. Are you willing to say so, that? Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? Um, so there's different tiers. And I chose the one that was 1500 bucks a month. So um, that gets me, I think, like 20 short form videos, two to three YouTube um, long form videos, and then posting and engaging. So hopefully I don't get in trouble for sharing that. But <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, I mean, again, I am fortunate, you know, I am a high W2 earner, so I do have the budget. Um but my understanding is there's a lot of AI tools out there that you can use. Yeah. And if you are a creative techie person, like I'm sure you could figure it out. Right. But I, yeah, you just, it's like, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can pound your, you can take your head and smash it against the wall and eventually figure it out. Yeah. That's how, that's how StreamYard was for me. But right. Yeah. I haven't figured go. out AI for responding to messages yet. Cool. There's so many tools. I like yeah, every are. day someone's sending me something different. Like there's tools for writing your captions, for blogs, for articles, for uh, making an AI video of yourself, right? Like you don't even have to film yourself anymore. Like that's scary. That is scary. <laughs> that is scary. So, yeah. you, so now that we kind of jump forward, let's go back. What I, the way I usually like to start this is I like, I like hearing people's origin stories. Like, what what made you tick to get to this point? So, why don't you start with just telling us where were you at in your twenties? Like, getting out oh, of high boy. school, what were you doing? Um, okay, so getting out of high school, um, I went to UCSD, so UC San Diego. I live in Orange County, so okay. an hour away from home, right? So not too far. Um, I had applied to. UCI, UC San Diego, and UCLA. I only got into UC Irvine, UC San Diego. So I was like, I am moving away. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wanted to have that experience. So yeah. I moved to UC San Diego, and that campus is gorgeous. If anyone's been there, um, it's right in La Jolla. So it's it's amazing. And um, I started as a um, psychology pre-med student. Mm. My dad wanted me to be a doctor. And I liked, you know, and I like psychology, right? And also I think, and I'm trying to remember, right? Cause this was like 20 years ago. Um, there was some kind of career strategy of like apply as a psychology major versus like a bio major, like everyone else, right? Yeah. Try to stand out a little bit. So um, yeah, so I did that and I really enjoyed the classes. Cause I know you're a doctor, so you understand my sophomore year, my, I don't know which quarter or which was it quarters. Yeah, we did quarters, right? Yeah, which quarter it was, but I had OCHEM, bio, and physics all in the same quarter. Those are brutal. Yeah. Those are all really fucking hard. I'm sorry. But again, like I really enjoyed learning it. But, and I don't want to say I was like too dumb because I don't think I was too dumb. I think, again, like trying to change my speech to be more positive and affirming. I think I just didn't love it enough, right? To yeah. study hard and want to do well. I really loved organic chemistry, but like the reverse, I don't even remember the words anymore, but like reverse breaking down a molecule is, and people listening right now, like don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Well, so there was, there was one test. So organic chemistry was my worst class. I love I got it. A, I got no, it. Hard. Yeah. Got it? Right. Yeah. I, I loved it. But it was hard. I got a C minus. There was there. Were, I remember specifically there was one test, and my grade was like seventy percent. Mm -hmm. And I was like dating my wife and like you know infatuated and things like that, but also trying to get into medical school. Yeah. And there was one test, and it boiled down to if I got above a seventy, I would pass this class and I would apply to medical school on time. And if I got below seventy, it would delay me a year. And that 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 class was super stressful. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine so I had all three and I remember I was cramming for finals and I took no dose. And again, I don't know if anybody knows what this is, but it's a caffeine pill. 
And I didn't really, yeah. Oh my God. So, and I didn't drink coffee back then. Right. Like it wasn't a thing like all these people do now. Right. So I was yeah. jacked up for, I think two and a half days, like insane. Didn't go to sleep. <laughs> I think I passed my classes, but I was like, holy shit. Like I'm never going to take this thing again. Those are like the fun things I remember from college. But anyhow, um, I ended up switching my major, I think early junior year. Um, I didn't want to do, obviously, I didn't want to go to med school. So I was thinking to myself, like, hey, what do I like? I like money. I want to make money. But yeah. UCC did not have a business major. So I had okay. to choose economics. And again, through my career counselor or whatever, again, I can't remember too much, but we did a focus on like corporate finance. And I thought I wanted to be a financial analyst and like get my CFA. Right. So I graduate and I wanted to stay in San Diego, but couldn't find a job. And at the time, the economy was kind of funky. So I went back home and, you know, enjoying after college, right? Having fun, whatnot. And I remember like it was time to get a job because I had to start paying back my school loans. And I wasn't able to find a full-time job. Yeah, it sucks. I'm still paying. But um, but at least my interest rate's like 1%. So I'm just paying it back slowly because who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but I get a job at an investment bank, 8th Street. And I get a job through Apple One, which is a you know re recruiting agency. And I'm just a, uh, what do you call it? Like an admin making photocopies. And so I'm in the tech department of this investment bank company or investment firm. And you know me, Brenda, social butterfly, like I'm talking to everyone, making friends and people find out that I have a college degree and they're like, why are you making photocopies? I yeah. said, I need a job. Like I need to start paying my school loans. I can't just sit around and be a loser. Right. <laughs> and so the guy was like, well, why don't you like apply to a job here? I'm like, okay, like, what do I need to do? So I gave my resume to HR and I got an interview and yeah. I got my first job in asset wow. maintenance, which is really crazy now because now that we're, now that I'm or we're investing in real estate, State Street is one of the largest like fund managers, right? Like they're, they're yeah. right next to like BlackRock. Like I see Bridger Pennington talking about all the time. I'm like, holy crap, that was my first job out of college. And again, wow. I was doing entry level work, right? So nothing yeah. too crazy. But um, it's just just, a, just above copying. I was a glorified copier. data entry person. You did not need to have a degree, but I was um, I was inputting like uh, mortgage paydowns and stuff from Bloomberg. So again, finance stuff, and it was so boring, honestly. And again, for any old people who are watching, I was on MySpace all the time. <laughs> I know what MySpace is, yeah. There you go, exactly. Not for the little kids that are watching. They have no idea what that is. So anyhow. Not for the Kevin shows. Yeah, not for the Kevin shows. And um, so, in, so around that time, you know, a fun fact that I haven't really shared publicly also is that Ooh. I, um, do you know the movies Fast and Furious? Yes, of course. Okay. Do you know that like it's actually a thing? Like it's not like fictional? Like not the crazy ones now that were the like blowing up banks and stuff, but like the first couple ones with like the car shows and Yeah. Yeah. And like the strippers and stuff that that not are like strippers. <laughs> they were models. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> um anyhow, my point I was is watching this for the first time. I had no idea yeah. what the difference was. <laughs> it's okay. Anyhow, so any so the reference is Fast and Furious. So I used to, I still have, I have a motorcycle license. So I used to ride a motorcycle. My first bike was a Yamaha R6. Oh, and then my second bike was a Honda CBR600RR. And then um, I used to drag race wow. like quarter mile. My car was a Honda Civic hatchback. Wow. And I used to go to like Irwindale, which is a, a speedway here down in SoCal in San Diego. Seriously? Then, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, if I die today, I, I had a lot of fun and I had a, a lot of good memories. And then also I did model in front of the cars, not stripping. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh gosh. 
Yeah, I just want to clarify that. But um, but what was I'm cool? So sorry. I'm just, oh, it's okay. I didn't mean to judgmental. No, it's okay. I don't care. Um, but what's cool is that because I was part of, like, I was an employee um, for a company, I got to travel to all these car shows throughout the U.S. and get paid to party, take pictures, have fun. And so I'm working at an investment bank from Monday to Friday. And then on the weekends, I'm like living this, you know, exciting life. So I got to do that yeah. for a few years in my early 20s and then eventually had to stop that to get a little more professional. But I love to share it because it's it's fun. You know, like I got to do some some yeah. cool stuff. Um, I always tell people like when I was younger, I like to describe myself as and I think some people can see it in my attitude when you meet me is like, I'm a tough girl that like can do anything a guy can do. Right. So I'm riding a motorcycle sure. and I used to ride on PCH in booty shorts and a swimsuit top. And that is fucking stupid because <laughs> yeah. you have zero so protection yeah. right, between you and the road. Thank right. Jesus. Like I never dropped the bike, but I was that dumb girl on PCH on a hot summer afternoon, just showing off because I could. And I was 23 years old like right. living life with no fear. But the thought of doing that now, like older and being a mom, like no way, right? Like that's that's dumb. <laughs> I would like to ride again, but maybe on a track with full leathers, right? Like not half naked. <laughs> that would be, yeah, That's that sounds awesome. I mean, just- it was, It's great memories, honestly. Young. And young, I wish, young. yeah, but I wish Great. it's like back then, like nobody was documenting. We didn't have- cell phones with cameras right like so i don't have too many memories like to actually see of it so it's mostly in my head but i promise it's it's happened it's true <laughs> no i totally believe you that sounds yeah. that sounds awesome yeah so it was um, love so so then you uh you decided that wasn't like a long-term plan <laughs> yeah i mean it just it you know it was getting it was hard to do Right. Like I was leaving, I was like calling in sick on Fridays <laughs> to go fly to like the East Coast for a show and, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, two years of it, you kind of get over it. But um, yeah. long story short, I got into recruiting and I've been recruiting ever since. So 10 years, the first 10 years of that was working for agencies. And okay. what's significant about that is it was 100% commission. So mm -hmm. a lot of my drive comes from that because if you can survive in that environment like you don't you can't give up right like and i started working right around the time when there was that big mortgage crash right 2007 2008 and i still stuck with it and i was lucky to have my mentor who is now one of my best friends to help guide me during those times but if you can do 100% commission for 10 years, I, I think you can do anything, honestly. Wow. Wow. That sounds cool. And then yeah. you, you had a, you have kids. I have a son. Yeah. Okay. He's three years old. He's oh, a handful, okay. <laughs> but nice. so much fun. Yeah. He's talking up a storm, negotiating with me, <laughs> you know, throwing tantrums over like he wants to do this. Or the banana broke in half and I need to put it back together. Like, yeah, oh, he's, he's, he's trying to open the door right now. <laughs> Hopefully my husband is uh, taking care of that. <laughs> yeah. I like doing the podcast because then I it gets me an excuse to get out of stuff like that. But yeah. Okay. So um, then tell, let's go into like, how'd you get into multifamily? What was, what was your yeah. reason for like making Getting this real estate? Yeah. yeah. So what was it? 2000, not last year. So two, 2022, okay. um, me and my husband were trying to buy a house here in Orange County. And that was during the time frame of like February to August. And that's when the interest went, interest rates went haywire. Right. Right. So we went from trying to buy a, you know, five bedroom house to like a three bedroom condo with HOA for the same price. And we mm -hmm. were like looking and making offers every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
and just getting priced out like two, 300K, like people were just paying ridiculous number, you know, like amounts for like houses, right? Wow. And um, I wow. I gave up because I was frustrated and mad <laughs> like yeah. every weekend, you know? You can yeah. imagine I'm how- California, I, I can't even imagine. It just sounds like a different beast. Like yeah. I, I've, uh, I've been in rural areas pretty much my adult life. So when, yeah. when our prices were going crazy, it's because people were offering like $5,000 over the listing. And we were like, Oh my gosh, $5,000. <laughs> well, so quick sidebar. So I was up in the Bay area from 2016 to 2021. Cause I, you know, I, I work for tech company and I moved back down because um, COVID and I want to be closer to my family, which is Southern California. And when we were trying to just get a rental in Southern California, same thing. People were offering $500 over rent and then offering to pay a year in advance. And it's like, if I'm going to put a year in advance, why don't I just go buy a house? Like that makes no sense. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Southern California real estate is insane. <laughs> but anyhow, so, okay. So we stop um, looking around August and I always say like Pace Morby magically appeared on my Instagram and I went down a YouTube hole of like watching all his videos and then started following some other people that I'm not going to mention, but eventually chose to join Pace's mentorship because I think most people would agree with me. He is not douchey. He is not flashy. He is very genuine. And he's the only one talking about building a community, getting support from a community, right? So I joined sub two last year, March, 2023, like right at the end of March. So practically like April. And I start my journey like most people and I have zero real estate experience, right? Like, again, I don't even own my own house. I start the modules and everything thinking, what the heck? I got a wholesale. <laughs> and again, I'm in sales and I've been doing it for 17 years. So I did cold calling already back in the day. I've already graduated to the closing side in my profession. So the thought of having to pound the phone again was not attractive at all. But I kept on like just going on the Zooms, trying to figure things out. Like, you know, again, the mentorship is not cheap, right? So I didn't want to just give up and throw my hands up and be like, okay, just money down the drain, right? I like, I need to figure this out. And also yeah. like, you know, I didn't want to seem like a failure to my husband, you know? So um, as I'm networking with people through the community. I know. It is one of the cheaper ones. It's like the best bang for your buck, I think. 100%. Oh, my God. I, I would pay that amount over and over and over and over again for what we're getting. Yeah. People right. are paying 50, 100K for crap, you know? Right, Case right. is the most generous person in the world. Yeah, 100%. But um, I had a conversation with someone in the group and the first thing he said to me was, do you have money or time? And I said, I have money. And he said, then let people know. And I go, really? Like, that's not, again, douchey. Like, I don't want to be a douchebag. They're like, no, like all these deals require money. People are looking for money. I'm like, okay, cool. So at that moment, I'm thinking like, I want to do midterm rentals because I've got a full-time job. I don't have time to do short-term. And obviously, like, I want to make more money than the long term. So midterm makes sense. So I'm like advertising myself in the Facebook group, like, hey, I'm a buyer. Here's my buy box, blah, 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 blah. And I'm fielding a bunch of deals. And, you know, I'll be honest. By the time a wholesaler is posting in the group, the deal is not that great. Because right. either they bought it for themselves or they sold it to their favorite buyer. Right. And again, I'm fielding deals in areas that I have no idea about, right? So I remember the first two I got was like Buckeye and Coolidge, Arizona. And I was like, yeah, I'm so excited. The number seems so great. And then I text my cousin and she's like, yeah, one of those cities is like where all the pedophiles live. I'm like, oh, good to know. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yep. So, you know, I did that for a few months. And then um, I was one of the lucky ones that got to go to community camp, which was in okay. Kalispell, Montana. So that was a group event, you know, um, Pace's group, Vina's group, Jamil, Brandon's, uh, Henry. Yeah, I, I, so I'm, I feel kind of stuck sometimes cause I'm in a full-time job and I'm in the military. So it's really hard to, to travel. Yep. So 
I was I was watching all that stuff, just like, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could go to stuff like that. Honestly, yeah. it was amazing. So that was like the turning point of like my real estate career, right? That's where I got clarity on what I wanted to do, where my strengths are. So the story is, is that, you know, um, I was with one of my friends there and she's more of an introvert. And, you know, we went to Samsung's Airbnb to go to a mastermind, but then it ended up being like 150 people there. So kind of hard to do mastermind with that many people. So, yeah. uh, or actually, I mean, he wanted to do something more intimate, but anyhow, um, so it was just a big networking event, right? Yeah. And again, social butterfly Brenda is like bouncing around, like introducing myself to people that I've only seen on Zoom, right? And I think we're there for like a few hours, maybe three hours. And um, she had said to me, you know, wow, you know, like, I'm really impressed with you. Like you just worked the room, you like interjected yourself into groups and like, didn't care. And like, you were just going, going, going. And like, you didn't even seem like you were exhausted at all. And I said, yeah, like, I love talking to people. Like it's my job and it's just something that I really enjoy. Yeah. So that's just how, how that kind of led to, well, like focus on your strengths, like Clifton strengths, which I'm sure we can talk about later, but um, you know, Vina was like, you should raise capital. Like that's the skill set. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. And then through her like guidance, like she believes as someone with zero real estate experience, I can try to buy 50 to 150 units. I'm like, great, let's do it. So ever since then, so Calspell was what? I think July, I focused on raising capital strictly for multifamily. So then I joined her mentorship and I joined Amy's, which is, learning how to raise private capital because it goes hand in hand. Okay. And, you know, this year I'm going to go to Hunter Thompson's Raise Fest, which again is raising capital, and then Bridger Pennington's um, fund launch, which is launching a fund, raising capital. Yep. So I, I'm just... I follow, I follow like all those people on on social media. So I know I know yep. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so Amy, is she different than... How is she different than, um, than Vina? Is she more yeah, so Amy, focused? yeah, her thing is, so her group is much smaller, so mu uh, more intimate, but she focuses on raising private money, primarily for like single family types of deals. Um, I know she's done some multifamily, but I think the majority of her experience has been in the single family. So okay. that's like learning. So for example, yeah, so like for me, raising money for multifamily, I'm raising from accredited investors. And what that means is there's two qualifications. Either you have a net worth of a million minus your primary home, or for the last two years, if you're single, you've made 200K or more, or if you're married, 300K or more, and like continue to make that amount, right? So, um, and also like for the type of fund we're setting up, which is a 506C, I have the ability to market or tell the public about my deal, right? So I can't do that if I'm going to raise money for people who are not accredited. So a lot of the people that Amy targets are, I don't, I don't want to say she's targeting non-accredited people, but it's like they are, I guess, technically non-accredited because you're just lending money on someone's flip or lending money on someone's wholesale deal or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but again, like, and again, I don't want to be butchering this. I know she's done some multifamily, but hers is mostly on the single family side. Okay. Just, just curious. I've had this question. Um, and then somebody else has a question in the chat. Sure. If you raise money for a single family flip, does it matter if you're accredited or not accredited? I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't matter because the way they structure it, and again, I am not an expert, consult yeah. your lawyer, attorney, CPA, yeah, tax strategist, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I think you just, you put them on the LLC or on the title, right? Like first, second lien, that's type of whole thing. Um, but with raising money, like setting up a fund or a syndication is actually setting up a security, which you need to technically file with the SEC. So the 506C exemption, so you don't have to file with the SEC, is that we're hiring from, or we're hiring, sorry, that's my recruiting there. We're raising from accredited investors because 
these people are under the assumption that they understand the risks of investing, right? Like investing in real estate is not FDIC insured, right? It's all risky, but you are um, sophisticated enough that you know what you're getting into, right? As opposed to someone who is not high net worth or not high income, right? Like putting their last 50K into something and then if they lose it, they're homeless, right? Like we, we don't want to get in that situation, right? We don't want to be raising money from people like that, you know? Right, so, right. Okay, there's a question. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Sure. Brenda Flores, can you go into depth about everything you did to raise capital and find these multifamily deals? Yes. So just to clarify, so uh, the deals I'm in, I am a limited partner. So these are funds with Pace and funds with Vina. So again, I am not an expert. I'm still learning. But as a limited partner, right, I am bringing funds to the deal, but I don't have rights to make decisions on the property, right? So those are called general partners. Those are the people who are running the asset, running the deal, um, running the fund, running the syndication, right? So for me, again, I am a high W2 uh, earner and I have the funds. I am accredited. So for me, what made sense to get my foot in the door was to put money into these funds because the way Pace and Vina have set it up is that you invest with them and then they teach you, right? How to, how to do the things as opposed to going to some random fund, you just give them money and then they send you a check. Right. So Pace and Vina's community is all about teaching and, you know, trying to get everyone to, buy, buy syndication, you know, make a fund as well. Right. So. Cool. Cool. Oh, and then I'm trying to find the deals. Right. So I have a team and we are reaching out to brokers. Right. And same thing. It's, it's cold calling. Right. So you just got to build a relationship and eventually, you know, your something is going to pop up and hopefully that broker thinks of you. Ideally we want something that's off market, right. Because who wants to pay a fee, (laughs) but um, you know, but we're targeting North Carolina, you know, 50 to 150 units, uh, C plus, B minus class, 1990 or younger, and then like a garden style, walk-up style type of asset. Um, so let's see, somebody else asked a question. Sure. How does one get accredited? So accredited, you need to have, let me let me just regurge so I, I make yeah. sure I, I say it. Yeah. You need Learn. to have a worth of a million dollars or- Minus- Oh, minus your primary home, primary home. Yeah. So again, like if you live in California, right? (laughs) Okay. Most homes are like a million dollars or more. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you need to have, so if your house is a million dollars in California, you need to have a net worth of $2 million minus a million. Right. Right. So it doesn't have to be in real estate. It could be stocks or savings or whatever, right? But it's minus your primary home. Yeah. Yeah. Or you need to have earned $200,000 a year for like how many years? Two years? The last two years and going forward. If you're single and 300000 if you're married. Yeah. And then what you do is you get some type of... Um, certification either through a CPA or like a third party service that's verified your financials. And then you would give that to us like the fund. And then we would start the process in regards to, um, you know, taking funds for, for the deals. Okay. Perfect. So you, um, so your first, your first one was, was it like a hundred doors type of thing? What was, what was your first one? Like, So the first one I invested with was Vina, actually. And that was actually through a fund of funds, which, again, I am not an expert in explaining these things, but I will try. So um, the fund of funds that I invested in with was with Al Dominguez, Carolyn Briley, and Pauline Stegman. So they are all sub two and multiply um, students as well. But a fund of funds is like kind of like what it sounds, right? It's like a small fund investing into a large fund, right? So they created their own little fund to raise money 
to invest in Vina's larger fund. So um, that was essentially my foot in the door. And my, again, another thing I haven't shared publicly, um, I'm obsessed with Carolyn Briley. She is so cute. She is like so creative with her social media. And I was like, I want to be her friend. And then I saw her post about her fund. I'm like, I'm going to invest in her fund. But like, you would understand this, right? It's it's all about your network and the people you know. And that, that's kind of like why I wanted to join Sub2. Like I like Pace. I, I was drawn to Pace, right? Yeah. So, um, and people do deals with people that they like, right? Right. Yep. So, um, so yeah. So I, I saw her post something and I reached out and we all had a group call and sent them my money and the rest is history. Yeah. Nice. So did you think it was valuable mm -hmm being a limited partner just to see what it's like before you decided, are you, wait, are you a general partner partner yet on any deals? Um, so we're starting a fund, which I will be a general partner on. So we are working with Nick uh, McGrew, which is our SEC lawyer through Vina. And our fund should be up and running and launched by the end of the month. But yes, I will be a general partner at that point. Okay. Do you think it's a, do you think it's good to be a limited partner first to see what it's like? Or do you think people could just jump into general partnership? Um, I mean, as someone who has zero years of experience in real estate, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Um, if you are fortunate to get partnered up with someone to go the GP route out the gate, awesome. You know, I didn't have that opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, sure. You know, there's some people in Multify that... Um, you know, got to BGPs with Vina um, for the hotel, right? And because they developed a relationship, so they had that opportunity, right? Um, if I had the opportunity, that'd be amazing. But um, if you have the funds to be an LP, I think that's probably the easiest, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. I just think that a lot of people that are investors, and when I say investor, I mean like, not private money lenders like people that are in sub two. Most people aren't accredited. Yeah. And so. <clears throat> so yeah. So for that example, um, our second round. So meaning like, because we're we're hoping to acquire two assets by the end of the year. So for the second round of uh, raising, we want to set up a crowd fund, fund crowdfunding Ooh. fund, yeah. which will be unaccredited investors. Because again, I do want to tap into our network because I'm attached to or you know, connected to, I mean, there's 12, 13,000 in sub two. I think Vina has 6,000. I mean, I know there's a lot of overlap there, but yeah. And then obviously the whole world of social media <laughs> audience, right? So yeah, we definitely want to be able to, to tap into both um, networks. Nice. Okay. I'm going to show another question on the screen. Sure. Adriana Garcia um, says general partner means you can now provide opinion on deals question mark um, opinion yeah I mean so general partner is like you are the main people on this deal right like you make the choices and you get the liability right like it's it's everything so um depending on how you have your partnership set up. I mean, as a GP, you have like voting rights, right? So, um, but I know people have different percentages depending on what they bring to the table, right? So for me, you know, um, I am the least experienced in the group. So, um, you know, it's only fair that my partners who have done multiple smaller multifamily deals, they know how to underwrite, they know how to operate, they know how to do all the stuff to get a higher percentage than me. But as we grow and as I develop my skills, right? Like the agreement is to increase that over time, you know, so. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Adriana, for- Yeah, thank you, Adriana. Question. Um, let me see if there's any other questions. You know, I should check on Instagram, see if anybody on Instagram has questions. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I turned, I turned my Instagram screen <laughs> off because it was distracting. 
Oh my gosh, there's lots of. I think I just see mess. I just see comments. Okay. All my friends, Courtney, me. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, I have a Squat AM as a friend of mine, uh, who's in the military as well in Guam. Awesome. Cool, and my aunt is here. <laughs> Hi, Auntie. <laughs> Hi, Janice. Um, so, let's see. Any other questions that people have before I... Let's go down here. This is fun. I don't think I've had this minute this much interaction ever on a live before. So, I'm oh, like really excited. I love Enjoy it. Ask me any questions. Ask me something not too personal. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let me ask you this then. Yeah. Um, what's like a good order of doing things? I feel like there's there's different opinions. Like uh, Bridger Pennington, he always talks about his his dad's analogy where he says, um, so Bridger Pennington's analogy is, if you were to find a Lamborghini that was that was worth two hundred thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. but somebody was selling it to you for five for fifty thousand dollars. Okay. And you knew that you could if you could buy it for fifty thousand dollars on a Friday and have a buyer lined up on Monday, do you think you could raise the fifty thousand dollars to go buy that Lamborghini? Now so that I understand about raising money and Pace says it, um Amy says it that like if they had to go back in time, what skill they would have learned first is raising money. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because yeah. then you just have to convince the person who's giving you the money that hey, we can sell this for what triple the price. And I can't do math. Yeah. Um, and we'll split the proceeds. Like if if you were my best friend and you told me that and I trusted you, obviously, right? Like we could make that much money within a week. I would give you 50 grand in a heartbeat, right? So, so, so that's the thing, is it's not common knowledge using OPM, op other people's money. Everyone thinks you have to use your hard earned cash, which, you know, society has conditioned condition us to think or learn or know. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Dave Ramsey. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Throw shade on I'm all about leveraging debt. I'm gonna die having multi millions in debt. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. So, so, do you? What What I think I've kind of realized for myself is that I need to build a network and kind of be finding deals at the at the same time, and then eventually they'll they'll meet in the middle. Is that fair? Like I'm not just uh, so, raising capital and networking with people. I'm kind of doing both. Right. I mean, I think the easiest thing to do, and I say easy because it doesn't cost money, is developing your, your network, right? Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of introverted people, and that's really hard. So I, I know I need to recognize that. But um, if you are a part of Sub2 and you drop that cash, like, you're wasting your money not networking, right? You're wasting right. your time. Like... This is not a get rich quick scheme. I I I think I'll, you know, maybe be able to quit my job in three to five years. Who knows? Right. But I'm not thinking I'm gonna be rich tomorrow, right? You know, it right. doesn't work like that. Right. So um, if you invested in a mentorship, like do something about it, right? So he's always talked about like meet make 50 friends. Like for the what was it called again? Um that thing we had to do for the businesses. I forgot the name already. <laughs> oh, uh, zero. Zero down, right? Zero, yeah. Zero and zero. you know how we had to like make 50 friends in order to, to qualify to get in? That actually was a lot of fun. And I had yeah. gotten on the phone yeah. with people that I had only messaged with and then, but never spoke to them on the phone. And after speaking to them on the phone, now we text all the time, right? And it's, see how simple that is, right? Yeah. So it's like pace has to push you to do it when like we should just be doing it for ourselves. <laughs> but um, but that's the thing. Like if there's younger people out there or if there's parents that, you know, you want to teach your kids some like valuable skills, 
like sales and social skills is probably most important. I mean, honestly, yeah, unless you plan on being a programmer behind a computer in the basement for the rest of your life, <laughs> every aspect of life, you're going to need to interact with someone and having a decent amount of sales skills at the grocery store, your, your partner, you know, your, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, like you can have a better experience knowing those types of skills. Right. So. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think people work with people based on the feelings that they have when they interact with them. And if like people don't pass the vibe check, it's like, sorry, no go. You have right. to be able to pass other people's vibe checks. 100%. And you have to do vibe checks to make sure. Yeah. People are who you want to work with. Um, all right. So we got another question. Cool. Love it. Bring it on. <laughs> um, Adriana again. Thanks, Adriana. If you're the only one watching. <laughs> yeah. In case the deal hits the fan. Oh, wait. Hold on. In case the deal hits a fan, how do you guys protect or how are you guys able to pay back people you raised money from? So can I tell you what I think you do? Sure, please. So if I if I understand this right, if you are a general partner or limited partner, you're you're taking the risk with everybody else, right? right. So you all lose or you all win. Whereas, oh, uh, yeah. Go right? ahead. But I think in, in single family, if you lend money or you become an equity partner, you put a lien against the property. But I don't think you really put liens against properties in multifamily, correct? So I, yeah, I do not know the official answer to this, but I'm going to use my brain and just try to work it out in my head. Um, so what I'm learning is, um, you know, when you put an asset under contract, you have to have... Um, a it's either a KP or someone that can financially support the debt on the deal. So for example, like if you're buying a $10 million apartment building and you're getting an $8 million loan, your KP has to have a net worth of at least 8 million plus some change because of like closing costs and all that stuff. Right. So just to even secure financing, someone on your team has to be able to carry that. Right. Um, and then if the shit hits the fan, honestly, I, I, I would assume, right. Like there's, there's the asset, right. That gets protected. Um, and shit hitting the fan, like getting like, um, God, sorry. It's too late in having, having a brain fart, but like, yeah. Like if you run out of money, Foreclosure, right? Is that what you're trying okay. to say? Um, I, I would, I would think it's, it's the same thing. Like honestly, like it's whatever's left over, right, in the sale of the asset would go to the investors. But who gets who's who's in first lien? It's always the bank, right? So I think it's the same. It's the same uh, logic. I'm pretty sure. But again, like I said, there's there's someone on the team who financially qualifies for that loan, right? So, hmm. but hopefully nothing hits the fan. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But again, that's that's the that's the disclaimer, like real estate is not a guaranteed return, right? These are all risks, just like the stock market, right? So you gotta, you gotta trust the people that you're working with. Yeah, I think the uh, thing that protects you is the person, the person that you're, that is sourcing the deal and is finding the, you know, putting it all together, like the numbers protect you. I mean, obviously COVID could happen um, right. or something crazy happens, but right. buying, buying, getting into the right deal is probably the best thing to protect you. Yeah. So that's the thing with real estate investing, right? Is like, the goal is to buy deep enough that if something bad happens, right, you've got that cushion if you need to sell it or refi or whatnot, right? Um, but that's, yeah, like I said, that's where the underwriting comes in, where you want to really underwrite very conservatively, right? Um, so, yeah. 
again, I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm learning like everyone else. So yeah, ask me in six months. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, I think uh, let's do one more question. Man, so much, so much participation. I love it. Bella Flores, have you started making a return on your investment on your current multifamily deal? Yes, I have gotten a few distributions on one of them. Uh, I think the next one, hopefully, is sometime this year. <laughs> uh, usually, I think it's uh, depending on the deal, right? I think it's uh, every it's either every three months, every six months. Um, depends on how they structure the deal. So I think the the one that I got recent distributions is every six months. Cool, cool, nice. Well, um, this, has been a, this has been a great time with you, Brenda. Thank you so much for showing up. Yeah, I had fun. I liked it. It was like a casual conversation, not like a full-on interview blast. So I liked yeah, it. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, you're probably used to being the one that is blasting the people that are getting interviewed. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just usually just like questions, 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 next yeah. question, you know? So I think we had a lot of like fun downtime and I liked sharing some, some personal stuff. So, you know, that was awesome. We, that was awesome. So like yeah, you know. take on points is Brenda used to be a model, not a stripper, not a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's a badass, uh, multifamily investor. He's going to win. Yeah. You're going to win. I can see, I can see it. Yeah. The plan is to raise $4 million this year. So really? if you know anyone that's an current investor that wants to invest in North Carolina, wants passive income, usually, you know, a high W2 earner who doesn't have time to do a rental on their own. Right. Send right. them my way. Okay. All right. Well, um, we're going to end. So okay. we will just, I'll just be back here with another guest next week if anybody wants to come. So have a good night. All right. Cool. Bye. Let's see. I think strong. I think.